Welcome to the eCore Connections podcast, where we explore digital transformation, including thriving in a digital first world, modernizing IT through the cloud, aligning IT initiatives with business goals, and the rules of the cloud game. Here's your host, Bruce Guptill. Welcome to the eCore Connections podcast. I'm IT industry analyst Bruce Guptill from Addressable Markets and the Global Analyst Syndicate, and I'm your host for today's conversation. We have said in the past in this podcast that the cloud is a means for doing business, not an end in itself. What that means is that companies that optimize how cloud is used will optimize their own ability to do business. So how can we do this? How can we ensure success in building, optimizing, and utilizing cloud for business? One critical element is, well, to make it work. Cloud is the foundation of an ever-increasing array of IT capabilities delivered as services, from productivity software to help desks to infrastructure to microservices that enable efficient use of distributed resources, everything to help keep users engaged and productive. So today, we're talking with Rob Schaefer about IT service management, or ITSM. ITSM is simply how IT organizations and teams manage the delivery of IT services to their users. This includes all the processes and all the actions and activities to design, create, deliver, and support IT services for end users. Now, Rob himself is expert in this field. He's an experienced channel and sales leadership exec with a focus on ITSM and security. He's the principal for channel ITSM business development with collaboration and team enablement vendor Atlassian Software. And we're very, very glad to have him today. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Bruce. Rob, let's get a little bit of background first. We're going to talk about ITSM. What we want to talk about is, you know, how enterprise IT and business leaders should think about it, how it's changing. But let's talk about you a little bit. Let's get to know Rob a little bit. What's your current role and responsibilities? Um, you're with Atlassian Software. You're the, as we said, the principal for channel business development for ITSM. What does that mean? What do you do in the world? Great question. I came to Atlassian to help them build out their channels around service management, around ITSM, and to work with the team to build a foothold for the product in the marketplace. We uh, really take a different approach to service management. And what we do really is build off of our foundations with products like Confluence, uh, Jira Software, all these products that we've brought to market to help collaborate. Mm -hmm. Over the last 10 years or more, we've built products around service management, and today we're plugging them all together. We're making a platform for broader collaboration and teamwork, not just across IT, but across all areas of the business. Channel partners are key to the success of any IT project. Uh, every CIO, everyone in IT knows that. There's areas where you're going to bring in a new platform, a new product, you're going to be making changes. Um, and sometimes you need expertise, not only on the tool, but expertise in certain areas of the industry. You need someone who's an ITIL expert, potentially. You need to bring in a partner who has the ability to help you transform your organization, not just implement a new tool um, with new features that you may not be properly utilizing. So it's the usual, you know, the skills, the knowledge, the expertise, and the presence that the enterprise itself might lack and that you guys need, Atlassian in this case, to further improve the value of what you already deliver. Absolutely. 
Well, let's talk a little bit more detail about ITSM itself. There's a lot that's been happening. There's a lot of change in markets around the world when it comes to IT, when it comes to everything delivered and used as a service. I'm assuming that this is affecting how enterprise IT and business leaders need to think about and understand ITSM. Are there some key changes, some key issues that you've seen developing over the last couple of years as we're rethinking how we use IT in this distributed fashion more than ever before? Absolutely. IT service management has really become essential through the pandemic, better collaboration, better ability to get access to IT service people and report incidents and challenges that you have when you're working from home or working remote. It's more important than ever. Many companies are now going to global workforces with people in different time zones in different countries, very widespread. So the ability to have a very effective service desk, not just for IT, but for any department in the company where people are requesting services, requesting products, any needs that are going on, it becomes critical to managing a remote workforce. The remote and mobile workforce is a big theme in all kinds of business, but especially business IT. There's been so much change, a lot of it very, very dramatic, not all of it good. I'd like to get a sense of the, let's say, the scale of importance of ITSM in this continually emerging and shifting environment. It's not all remote or work from home. There's a combination of hybrid types of environments. And as you pointed out, we're going to more global workforces, which means that resources are going to be scattered or are already scattered all over the place. That must be a significant challenge for IT organizations and business leaders to get their arms around. Absolutely. Years ago, we called it the service desk. And the softwares that powered the service desk were reactive tools that took in incidents that have already happened. Today, service management means that it's more predictive it can predict a problem. It can see into the infrastructure. It's tied to every aspect of the organization, and it has the pulse of what's going on from an IT perspective. And in recent years, that's been expanded to include other departments. We now call it enterprise service management, which uh, is basically taking the ITIL and the ITSM ways of working and applying it to any department in the organization and tying it all back to IT. Let's talk about ITIL, I-T-I-L. I'm somewhat familiar with it. I can spell it, and that's uh, pretty much as far as my knowledge goes. If you could give us some insight as to what ITIL is and why uh, compliance and conformity with ITIL is so important with ITSM. Absolutely. So, you know, ITIL's always been looked at as nice to have, in a way, a good framework. And it was never intended to be more than a framework. Um, it was actually started by the British government to lay out ways of working for organizations. And it was adopted widely by IT as a great framework. How do we work? What's the best practices? And most organizations will look at ITIL, take what they want from it, apply certain aspects. Sometimes they apply them well, sometimes they don't. The big polar change that's happened in the last few years, I think 2020 was when ITIL 4 came out toward the end of the year. ITIL 4 took a different position. It started to talk more about agile ways of working, more flexibility, more openness, more autonomy for these business groups that I mentioned. Being able to work in ways that people are empowered to make certain decisions, still with oversight 
And ITIL talks about a CAB, a central group which approves all the changes that are happening in the organization. And a lot of people interpreted that in a very literal way, having a very strict oversight over any changes, creating bottlenecks and backups and people trying to get work done, make changes, adjust things to work for HR, adjust things to work for tools being used in marketing or any other department. So ITIL has changed quite a bit. It's become more open, more flexible, and taken more of an agile path, which I think leaves a lot of room for growth and change within organizations. It sounds like the environment, if we're talking about more agility, more connectivity to more things and more people and more places, that suggests that there's some terrific benefit to be had from making this stuff more collaborative than it has been in the past. You've mentioned that in the past that some organizations have looked at the ITIL rules, for example, or the framework, and it's been sort of a top-down, almost directorial kind of environment. It sounds like we're going more toward a need for much more collaborative capabilities. Am I correct? And if I am, what kind of collaborative needs are, are, do you see emerging? Sure, you're correct. That's definitely the direction. And the collaboration comes in many ways. Primarily, organizations today are not just in the banking business or insurance business or manufacturing. They're actually manufacturing and building their own software tools. They're managing custom implementations of service management platforms and other platforms. So they have developers on staff, and these developers are making changes to the software. They have to be connected to IT. I mentioned before how important it is to be predictive about what is going to impact users' productivity. You now have thousands of employees or even hundreds of employees who may be working remotely, and you're dependent on them to be productive for your business to grow and be successful. And they cannot be productive if they're waiting days or weeks to get IT issues fixed, or if you have an outage because a change was made by somebody in your development group and it wasn't properly planned out or approved or tested. So it's very important today to have those connections between dev and IT. That's something that ITIL4 speaks to. It's also very important to be productive by allowing organizations within your organization, your business groups, the marketing groups, the facilities groups, the legal groups that may be using a service management platform provided by and supported by IT, they need to have the autonomy to some extent to have the flexibility to customize and build aspects out of their usage that fit their needs without relying on IT and having the bottleneck and the long line around the corner waiting for changes to be made. How important then is it to, I hate to use this word, but to empower <laughs> the users to make more of their own decisions and provide more of their own response capabilities? I hesitate to use the term because in so many cases, in so many marketplaces, empower means we don't want to do it, you do it. Right. But in this case, again, we're talking about a more collaborative kind of environment, um, engaging more people between IT organizations, user organizations, and others. Is there more and more of a need for end-user empowerment and balancing that with more traditional ITSM? Absolutely. There is definitely a need. It has to be balanced with the organizational needs the security requirements. Um, I mentioned before the 
CAB, the Change Advisory Board, which is part of ITIL 3. In ITIL 4, it gives more autonomy to those groups. They can make the changes, but still have guidelines and controls set by IT, set by the CAB, to ensure that they don't go out of bounds. The challenge has always been that if there's no control over the changes made to the platform, it can sprawl out of control and become inefficient. And by that, I mean, uh, someone may decide that a simple request, maybe a day off request, may need 10 layers of approval. And that change may go into effect without anybody considering how that might impact other areas of the organization. That change might affect other siloed areas uh, in an older platform. Um, And it could bring down the system and it can cause the organization not to run as efficiently as possible. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, predictability. I'd like to understand more about what kind of predictability are we talking about here? Um, When the system needs to know something, what kinds of development or change or triggers is it looking for? And how is that helping the IT organization and the end user take more and better advantage of ITSM? So when you get into true service management and a true service management platform, it typically has an asset and configuration management tool baked in. What that's allowing you to do is track assets within the organization. And those can be software assets. uh, They can be hardware assets. Some platforms like Atlassian allow you to track people as assets. But each asset in an IT department, each node on your network, each server, each integration has to be monitored. And identifying a potential flaw there is critical. So on the asset side, I want to know that I don't have any aging equipment. I don't want to have any equipment in my organization that may be out of warranty and therefore out of compliance with security protocols. I want to make sure that all my patches are up to date. And all of these things are predictions of how secure and how reliable your network's going to be. So that's the aspect that really needs to be covered to make sure that your organization's productive in that area. Does that answer your question? It does. But it also um, hints at a couple of other potential issues, one of which would be security. Um, with, again, you know, the more dispersed workforces or the hybridized workforces, with more services being connected, more devices, more people, more everything uh, being connected in more ways at different times, How does a good ITSM platform help to manage this environment when it comes to the security and availability of resources? As you move to the cloud, as people are working remote, security becomes absolutely paramount in the enterprise. So a strong service management platform will integrate with your existing identity and access management tools. Many of them have their own access management for many of the platform plays out there. So that is definitely a critical aspect. And it is something that is highly focused on whenever someone is evaluating a new tool to come into their organization. And so the the platform, the ITSM capability offering service platform, however we want to uh, conceive of it, that needs to be reasonably adaptable then. Absolutely. Certainly your ticketing information isn't the most highly classified information in your organization. Uh, It's typically not going to touch on blueprints for the next airplane you're building, 
But if you're a healthcare organization, you have some very strict controls. HIPAA, platforms are becoming compliant with HIPAA on the federal level uh, when you're moving to the cloud. And the U.S. government, for instance, is not quickly moved to the cloud just for those very reasons, security issues. There are today cloud requirements from the government, FedRAMP, different degrees of FedRAMP. And there are still requirements for on-prem in some of those situations. Uh, and there are still some very good on-prem tools available. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the future. We've seen a very, very disruptive past few years. Things were already getting rather disruptive with uh, an accelerating and expanding move toward more digital business and agility and adaptability by just about every kind and size of firm in just about every market, some more than others. And then, of course, we had the, uh, you know, the COVID challenge. <laughs> I like to underemphasize if I can. <laughs> but obviously, there's been a tremendous amount of disruption. What do we need to do to be prepared for the next round of disruption? We don't really know what it's going to be. We don't know when it's going to happen. But how can and should the user enterprise be ready with its IT service management capabilities? Because if we don't know where people are going to be and we're not really sure how everything from political unrest to supply chain disruption is going to affect our you know, IT environment, what does our platform or what do our services need to be able to do? How adaptable do they need to be? And are there any key capabilities that we want to make sure that are included? Good question. So adaptability and key capabilities. When you're looking for the next global challenge, you have to be prepared for it, right? So if you're running an IT group, an IT department, you have to always be looking at your tools, looking at your software platforms, your infrastructure. You have to be ready for the next big thing. So adaptability is huge. I'm glad you brought that up. Being able to adapt to new situations to bring different groups within the organization onto a service management platform is very key. And the partner plays a big role in making sure that a client is ready for that. So working in IT, there's a lot of smart people in every organization. They're always looking for outside influence, outside expertise. If I'm in banking, I want to bring in a consultant who's worked in banking, who knows what my competitors are doing as far as service management, has ideas that fit my business and understands my business's need. And from a platform perspective, I want a tool that's not going to be unpredictable as far as cost. I want to know that what I'm paying for in licensing, I'm getting every bit of value out of. I want to know that I'm not going to be overspending on services to just maintain the software or held back by upgrades or things like that that might be disruptive and costly to maintaining the platform. So those are some key considerations there. There's a pretty important need then for enterprise IT and business organization leaders to be working together as well as with somebody like Atlassian and somebody like Ecore or other services partners. But I think as in most cases, the real key here is enterprise IT and business leaders need to be able to really collaborate, to really make sure that they're able to see and respond, uh, hopefully before things happen. Absolutely. And those are key aspects of 
IT as well as all of those groups that I mentioned outside of IT. Mm -hmm. So it's not just collaborating on IT. It's collaborating on how you work. It's work management, other areas that my company is involved in. What's unique in some cases is being able to bring in a service management tool that can transcend the ordinary. And by that, I mean transcend just being a little better than a service desk tool, something that IT is using that no one else can take advantage of, or IT has the burden of maintaining it for everyone because they're working in silos, right? And they have hierarchies that are cumbersome. They may have great value in maintaining control over the configuration of the platform and the security of the platform. But there are ways of maintaining both security and configuration without maintaining silos and hierarchies. So I think as we move forward, that's very important to look at. Are the tools that you're using really meeting your needs? Are they flexible enough? Are they costing you more than the value you're getting out of them? Are you getting a good ROI on those tools? Are there surprise Dates that you're having to do on the tools, are they outdated? Are they not really built so well for today's modern cloud? Do they have microservices architecture? Are they able to be upgraded on the fly as new features come in? Can they automatically be updated? All right, Rob, our last question. Your best friend has just been made responsible for making ITSM work within his or her organization and work sustainably over the course of the next two to three to five years. What are the key things that they need to think about? What would you tell them to be prepared for? And what kind of needs should they anticipate? Good question. So I would suggest to them that they look for a platform that can grow with them. One that will let them start in a way that they can start small, they can grow with the platform. I would also suggest that they select a partner that is very familiar with that tool and other tools in the marketplace uh, that can bring the value of doing a transformational implementation, really looking at how they operate, understanding their needs deeply, and helping them to re-engineer the process that they follow in service management, not just in IT, but throughout the organization on an enterprise level, and really take the time to workshop and plan what good is going to look like for them. Yeah, it's predicting the future, which is always an exercise in, well, let's say anticipation and sometimes frustration. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Rob. We've been talking with Rob Schaefer from Atlassian Software. Rob, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, whether to learn more about ITSM or about your company and solutions, what's the best way for them to find you? Absolutely. They can find me at LinkedIn, Rob Schaefer, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. And they can also directly email me within Atlassian. It's rschaefer at atlassian.com. Well, Rob, thanks very much. This has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot and uh, I hope you've had a good time too. We'll look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Bruce. I'm Bruce Guptill and this has been the eCore Connections Podcast. Thanks for listening to the eCore Connections Podcast. Ecore delivers technology consulting and development services that help high growth and established companies innovate, scale, and transform. For more information, visit us at www.e-core.com. You can also email us at connections at e-core.com about any topics or questions that you may have. Please subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.